Welcome to the Dramatic Broadcast with Michael Jerome and Frank Sasso. This is the show that answers the question, what is Dramatic Prog? Smashing traditional musical understanding against the rocks of boring, uninteresting composition. Michael and Frank explore groups and singers that forged ahead of naysayers to give us quality music today. The progressives, the skill, the discipline, the dramatics. Now, here are your hosts, Michael and Frank. Yo, yo, podcast here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is your host, Frank Sasso. This is your other host, Michael Jerome. Welcome to Dramatic Prog. Welcome, welcome, welcome indeed. This is our <laughs> second episode, Dramatic Prog, man. This is awesome. How are you guys liking it so far? That much? Good. Very good. <laughs> you know, dude, I was, I was wondering about what's the deal with drummers? Like, why... Maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't know if you've even ever heard this before, but drummers are like sometimes the butt of a music joke. Are they even seen really as musicians? Yeah, there's a joke. Oh, the drummer, he's the one that hangs out with the musicians. Yeah, that's what it is. Right. Why is that? I don't know because um, a lot of them have gotten this caveman reputation of uh, percussion being man's first musical endeavor from the time of cavemen. Really? The first thing they did was bang on things. Okay. They didn't sing. They didn't have any wind instruments, no string. Right. They banged on drums. They okay. They took bones. They did like the, the beginning of 2001 A Space Odyssey <laughs> right, right. where you see the apes taking that's, the bones. That's immediately the picture I had. Right. When you that's exactly saying. right. That's, see? <laughs> see? We're getting a visual here. That's what we're, we're, Audio we're, show. We're, Audio show. Very we're, good. We're we're accomplishing something. We're educating the people. And since that's the first, that's man's first musical endeavor is percussion, making noise with sticks or hands on skin. I think because of its primitive beginnings, that's how drummers get this reputation of being Cro-Magnon. Old knuckle-dragging kind of, yeah. Right, knuckle-dragging mouth breathers. And nothing could be further from the truth. Some of them are some of the most musical people oh around. Oh, gosh. I'm Billy Cobham, Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich. Rich Bonham. Yes, yes. Um, You know, I know two guys, Steve and Lane, right? So Steve, this guy is like a prodigy with the drums. Like, he has this whole thing that he invented called the basketball effect or the dribbling effect, where he kind of describes it in this short film. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to probably put it on the Dramatic Prog website, this short film that I actually I produced for him called The Drummer. And it's this guy, Steve. His name is Steve Bexo. And he does a lot of local stuff, local bands. But this guy is an amazing drummer. And he invented this effect called the dribbling effect. And you got to kind of see it. From I mean, I, I know I'm bringing it up in podcast. Yeah, forgive me. I know if you're sitting in traffic right now, you're wondering what the dribbling effect is. And I'm not even explaining it. Just to tease you. To get you to the website. <laughs> but well, anyway, to see the film. But I'm going to put that up there. It's this amazing, like... Like, I can't really... It's a paradiddle. Drummers call them paradiddles. They're paradiddle? exercises. A paradiddle is... Okay. It's a drum scale that they put on either the snare or on their okay. other drums that they can actually write out. So when he say, you say he calls it a dribbling effect, right. it's his version of a certain paradiddle. That so it does exist, but he maybe not even sure. realized it existed. Sure. He, I saw him do it. and Because you can imagine the opening... Oh, no, it's probably a paradiddle that no one has done before. In other oh, words, okay. it's his own paradiddle. Well, I did see him do it, and if you can imagine the beginning of the song Hot for Teacher, Van Halen. Yeah. 
the beginning of that with that drum solo in the beginning. Imagine that times like a hundred thousand right. as fast. Got it. I mean, it did not, no pun intended, did not skip a beat when he did this. This other guy, his name is Lane, L-A-N-E. Just because you have like a $2,500 drum set doesn't mean you're a good drummer. Certainly this guy not. can take a bucket and two paint sticks and just bang out a beat and sound amazing than an average drummer on a $2,500 drum set. You got buskers in the New York subway system that are doing that very thing you mentioned, taking yeah. two paint cans and sticks. It's like, and, the, uh, it's like the musical people stump. People are like, wow, right. With, exactly. They're playing on garbage pails. Exactly. And it sounds amazing. Or the Blue Man Group that, Blue does, Man group. that makes percussion out of everyday that, household wanna, items or they, whatever. I always get them confused Industrial. with moment shots. Remember moment shots? Oh, my <laughs> God. Now you're dating... <laughs> Now you're dating yourself. <laughs> Wasn't that like they dressed up like big bugs or yeah, stuff, they and like, they, had they had like, like a toilet big, papers for they, eyes? That's <laughs> that's right. They had just a big hole in their face. <laughs> the, spin the toilet. That was an unusual. <laughs> that was real perform. Real New that York was performance, true performance art. art. Yeah, true performance Moment, art. Moment. I always get. I always think of Moment shots whenever I hear Blue Man Group, who I've never seen yet, and I want to see. I think they freak Chris out a little bit. Like they geek her out a little. bit. Oh, because of their they were blue and they were all like kind of creepy looking. You they know, are kind of creepy. They were all the same. But anyway, back to drum. Yeah, Buddy Rich. I mean, how are you going to see these guys aren't musicians? Come on. Oh, no, Ringo Starr, Pete much Best. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. What did you think of Ringo? Did you think he was better than Pete Best and the Beatles? Oh, yeah. You thought he was better? Pete Best, they got rid of him because he couldn't keep, he would go off. See, I'd make a bad drummer because I can only sit there and do 4-4 four, four for like so long before I go out of my freaking mind. <laughs> <laughs> a drummer, I'll tell you who uh, some of the best drummers okay. in the world. Good, because then I want to ask another question about drummers. Made, di- made disco records because those you disco. About that on the last. The time. disco beat With was it, because it wasn't looped in the studio. The guy the had the guy had to play that when they did the dance version yeah, for yeah, yeah. disco. The that was a twelve minute the 12 right, inch. right. Yeah, these were this was a twelve minute piece of music for the dance club. Right. Now on the radio it was three twenty. We have three minutes and twenty seconds, or three forty-two. Right. But in the dance club, they wanted you sure. on that dance floor for ten minutes with that girl shaking. That's right. So, That's right. so this drummer had to do that for twelve minutes, perfect, oh, perfectly, not stop- perfectly, yeah. not stopping. Yeah. Back then, it wasn't any of this looping. Can't stuff. slow down. Can't speed up. No, because they were recording the bass player with him with his kick right at the same time. Those guys had to be locked in like you wouldn't believe. Wow. Like the Apollo astronauts making a landing, it had to. Be be perfect or forget about it. Wow, that's very interesting. You know, you bring up Donna Summit, and I said about radio play, not on the radio. Because on the radio, she had an album called On the Radio. Yes, Giorgio Moroder. He was a brilliant producer. But there was a radio version of a lot of her songs. So that's what we of mean course. when we say on the radio. Of course. We meant the actual that's radio That's what we play. mean. But 12-inch. KC and the Sunshine Band. There was a radio version of every one of their hits, and there was a club version that they played at Studio 54 that was between 8 and 12 minutes usually. And those were 12 inch vinyls. That's now, right. What we mean and by there 12 was inch only vinyl, one song. People are like 12 that's inch right. vinyl what the heck is yes. that? 12 inch vinyl was they have an album that's 12 inches in diameter it's a foot in diameter yep. and it's one song. song. And one, one song, song on the other. And one song right. on the other. That that's was like right. a glorified single. Prince put out a lot of records like that. He that did. Were, that the vinyl was actually either red or purple. You know, of he course, made a because he was like a nut. He was cool. He was brilliant actually. Well the record company would do it for him because he was selling millions of units. Yeah, but in the beginning, in the beginning, they're like, who 
heck are you? Right. With your weird hair and your big lips. He told them. He, <laughs> he straight, he told them right away. He said, I'm going to make you guys a lot of money. He was brilliant. He really was. And he was an incredible drummer. He was an incredible drummer. People don't know that. Could, a lot of people don't know that. He could play four or five instruments very well. Some people have one main instrument and they play a little of this, little of that. Yeah. You couldn't tell whether he was a keyboard player, a drummer, a guitar player. or so What was he mainly? He I had, did it I had all. such a wrong impression about him. I have since really changed my opinion of him because I thought he was like, oh, another you know, hip-hop type of pop guy, you know, whatever. I never realized the amount of songs he wrote. He wrote songs for Kenny Rogers. He has songs in the vault there at Paisley Park that now have gone to his heirs. The tapes in the vault right. have now gone to his heirs. But there are between 800 and 1,000 songs that we haven't heard yet. That's how prolific he was. Well, when you live over the recording studio, he would wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go, Wow, I just heard a great song. He'd go downstairs <laughs> I recorded. and he would play the keyboard part, <laughs> then play the drum part, play the bass part, do the vocal, and then go back to sleep. So it was all, it's all done. That right? guy was incredible. Incredible. You know, you was talking about something before, speaking about Prince. Yes, he was, as far as what I call dramatic prog, that's my take of what I feel is the progressive rock of the 70s that I feel should be making a comeback not just from me but from other people because once they actually hear it nowadays they're like wow that's some really cool stuff. Well how does dramatic prog differ from progressive rock? Progressive rock is very dated in its lyrics and also in a lot of its form because it's from a time of the 60s and the 70s that was a more innocent time and a more experimental time. What I'm doing is is I'm sort of stripping away the more annoying extremes yeah. of progressive rock as far as the lyrics and the music and sort of boiling it down to something that's more digestible for this generation nowadays. It's funny what you're saying because it sounds like you're saying two different things and maybe I'm just not I am. Because you're saying the it's progressive a, it, rock is dated. How can it, it be is. progressive it then is. if it's dated? It, well, because the term progressive rock applies to music formed in between 1967 yeah. and 1980. Okay. okay. That's the radioactive half-life of, of <laughs> progressive rock <laughs> whereas my music is so keyboard top heavy that people always describe me oh you're a progressive and I, I said instead of hiding under a rock from it yeah. going I embraced it and said yeah as a matter of fact a lot of my stuff could be categorized as progressive but in the 2017 vocabulary and vernacular. Right. I don't want to go back to the 60s and the 70s. It had some extreme elements that were annoying to the mainstream population. Annoying how? Well, they called it pretentious and highbrow because it sounded like it was condescending because these were very great musicians. They could play classical music. Example? Rick Wakeman, Keith Emerson... Yes, Tales from Topographic Oceans. People said, oh, look how these guys think of themselves. They can put out a 27-minute piece of music and expect okay. us to pay attention to it. Because pop music was these three- and four-minute, easily digestible love right. song dance Appetite. tracks in the early 60s. Appetizers, then yeah. the Beatles, who really, I think, invented 
progressive rock the Beatles did. All of a sudden, they put out Hey Jude that was like an eight-minute yeah, uh, radio a day life version. too. Right. So all of a sudden, it could be listened to as a piece of art, as a piece of music. And then the progressive music sort of built upon that, where you had your Pink Floyd, okay, and the Doors and sure. Santana and Yes and Everslinger Palmer, whereas they were putting out these pieces of music that were almost classical. So you take away the predictable, the pretentious, you take all that away, which makes it dramatic progressive. Dramatic prog, for short. Exactly. In other words, the way Hollywood used to define melodrama in the 40s and the 50s, a movie that was melodrama is, it would be that this is a story that would have to take place over the course of six or seven months. In other words, they crunched down the timeline to such a ridiculous short time that it would have to be a set of coincidences that's unbelievable. It's almost surreal. That's the way they mellowed it out. Right. But that's the way they could tell a story in an hour and a half. As opposed to like something like Shogun, which right. would have to be a mini-series because it, it's so... Exactly, yeah, exactly. Or Thornbirds or I something. I try not to let... Some of my jams are extended, but I try not to let the ideas go too far off into so the new So it's extended respectfully. It's extended respectfully. It's not too long, and it's not too short yeah, It's either. just long enough where you're like, this is going on. Oh, it's over. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be able to tell a story to your average listener who isn't going to sit there for an 11-minute synthesizer solo, like yeah. some music heads will. Exactly. Like there's some music yeah. heads that are great with that. Even I've gone to jazz concerts and said, oh, for crying out loud, please don't take another 11-minute guitar solo, Pat Metheny. <laughs> you know? I mean, I love Pat Metheny, but please don't, another, world, world please, please don't take another... World Cafe in Philly? Please don't. Right. Please don't take another 11-minute guitar solo. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to take the gas pipe. You you did that in the last song and the last one. Let's do right. something else right. here. You know? Well, would you say that went, that, that happened a little bit like with Rock, like with like in the movie uh, like Quadrophenia, The Who? Did you that say there was a, some of that? that was a, yes. Okay. Yes. But that, that was really well done. That's a great example of an intelligent rock band using elements of progressive music, which is what The Who always which did. Which is what they yeah, were known for. Tommy, oh. that was extremely progressive. Orchestral, it was a concept it album. It was an opera. It was pretentious. Oh, it, was. It, it had totally. all the, it totally, it, 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 it had every element. But it was pretentious, but I, that was part of it. That was it, part of the beauty of that is that they made it pretentious. Right, yeah. because he did it on purpose. Yeah, exactly, did, it was purpose. Because he was getting fed up. That he couldn't really expand. The record companies would not let him expand on some of his more intellectual ideas. No, the record company. Well, the Who say they said, you know, oh, you're saying the Who was fed up with that. The Who was fed yeah, up right, with okay. the record company right. saying, wait a minute, another one of your six-minute little mini operas, Pete, where there's like a right, modulation right. Oh, and a bridge, yeah. and like right. he said, he remembers them saying, like, oh my goodness, I modulated twice in the same song. I got brought before the board for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, I understand the record company's point of view yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're shooting for a lowest common denominator. Exactly. You yeah. want the C students to be able to appreciate this. Absolutely. You know? You also want the A students to. Yeah, and the F students. I want people that are totally illiterate yeah. or people who, who can recite Shakespeare. That's I want it. everybody. Yeah. Exactly. Because everybody on earth has something to give. I can, right. learn, I can learn something from everyone yeah. no matter how intelligent or educated they Absolutely. are. Absolutely. And they can learn something from me, hopefully. Right. So I want... I I want everybody. I love everybody. I want the all-encompassing. I love how we're hearing the vacuum in the background. (laughs) 
I know. Hey, you, hey, stop that over there. Hey, we spare no expense here at Dramatic Prague. That's because we're in the lobby of the Plaza Hotel That's here. That's right, in the and, lobby uh, of the Plaza. They're, they're giving us the wink, like, we want to shut the out lights out. Get it, beat it. That's right, it's like 2 in the morning. Beat already. it, the bar's closed. <laughs> there was some other stuff that was on your mind. Like, we were talking about Bill Evans. We were talking about Stan Getz. We were yes. talking about Miles. All these guys. Yes. And what they did yes. and what their mark was and how it relates to Dramatic Prague. The Allman Brothers, Santana, Deep Purple, Jack. Jethro Tull, Joni Mitchell, Look at Prince, that list. The Doors, even film composers, Hans Zimmer, Burt Backrack, Henry Mancini, Lalo Schifrin, Angelo Badalamenti, yeah, yeah. jazz people, Miles Davis, sure. John Hammer, John McLaughlin, John Coltrane, all them guys. All, all Did these you say Bill Evans? Cannonball Adderley. You said, Evans, yeah. you said, yeah, Bill Evans, Dave Brubeck. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people in... Waiting for uh, spring. Yes. A lot of people in jazz and rock have contributed to what I think is progressive music or dramatic prog, which I really define as music that's outside of your basic pop three-minute sell-it-to-the-12-year-old-girl single. That's a great elevator description. And what I mean by that is you have 30 seconds to explain it, something. Like that. That's exactly, perfect. Exactly. I lo- that exactly, right there exactly. is perfect. I love that. And speaking of elevators, remember they used to play Muzak in elevators? Muzak, yes. 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 This, Billy Joel said that's how he knew he made it. He walked onto an elevator <laughs> and there was the Lawrence Welk string section <laughs> doing Captain Jack. <laughs> of, of, all, of all songs, the one about sex, drugs, oh and rock and roll. God. The homage to sex. 70s excess. While I'm trying to get Lawrence to the 15th floor. Right, right. He said he barely could stay. He had to get off two floors sooner because he couldn't take it. Couldn't Fine. handle it. Couldn't handle it. That is hilarious. That's how he knew he made it. That, it was like, I've arrived. They're playing I love Captain just, Jack. I love what you said in the last episode where you were like, Billy Joel was like, hey, there's so many people doing what I do that when someone half decent comes along, <laughs> it's like, hey, it's pretty good. <laughs> so many people who, who stink, who are horrible, that are making millions of dollars. You said when somebody half decent, when a C student comes along, they're like, wow, this guy's yeah, wow, a this genius. Guy's yeah, he's brilliant. He knows a C minor chord from an A7. Hire this man. <laughs> Sign him up. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh, man. Good stuff, brother. Oh. Anyway, uh, if you would like to visit us online, go to DramaticProg.com. That's D-R-A-M-A-T-I-C-P-R-O-G.com. That's right. And you can check out some stuff there. You can subscribe to the podcast on there. You can download the app. You can look at pictures, videos, all that fun stuff. There's even a way to contact us. And we'll even tell you this podcast. We're going to throw this out there for you. Mike doesn't know I'm about to say this, but I'm going to throw it out there. We'll even allow you. That's right. You to pitch us a topic that you'd like to hear concerning music or some concept that you may have about dramatic prog that you'd want us to cover. So feel free, go to the Contact Us page, type in where it says give us a topic. It's called Give Us a Topic. Type in right there. There's a form there. Put your name, your email, and what you want us to cover or any questions you have. And we'll do, once a month, we'll do a Q&A where we'll make it about you the listener will answer your questions to the best of our ability and you can ask us anything you want and we'll decide if we're going to answer them or not but you can ask them you can ask us anything <laughs> no, I'm totally down with that yeah sure, te- cool. sure teach us something Let's, teach uh, us something right? yeah and, you know yeah tell us something yeah. we're tired of talking to you huh how dare you we're just yelling at the listener now for no reason. Anyway, is there anything you want to plug? A shout out for uh, David Bowie, R.I.P., and Greg Allman, R.I.P. David uh, Bowie was a great 
artist, almost everything he touched, he could do. He could paint, he could write, he could sing, he could dance, act. he could act. And he was a great contributor to uh, progressive music of all stripes. As a matter of fact, on Space Oddity, it was uh, Rick Wakeman from Yes that was playing the Mellotron on there. And he was uh, Rick Wakeman also played the piano on Life on Mars. Really? Uh, yes. Before Rick Wakeman joined Yes, he was doing sessions. He was sneaking out of the Royal College of Music and doing rock studio sessions in his spare time. That's awesome. I think he got paid something like eight quid playing on Life on Mars. Eight but, quid? Uh, what is that? What is that? Uh, like a pa- eight pounds, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, whatever the conversion was be- back then. You know. well, a quid is like a is a quid like a dollar? No, that's like, not. Yeah, well, a, a quid, pound is a, a dollar. Pound, well, a quid is a pound. I think it's the same thing. Oh, it's like slang. It's like yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I'm like so, what we call yeah. a buck or a dollar. So, oh, okay, uh, it's the same thing. Okay. Yeah, and also uh, a shout out for uh, Greg Allman, R.I.P. Great musician. He was a great Hammond B3 organ player. He played mm. the draw bars and the properties of the organ to really well, fill the band right out to, and mm. to uh, to bring things out. So. That's awesome. That's it. Well, all right. Any events coming up that you want to tell people about? No events coming up. But we'll let them know. We are going to let them know. Because Michael Jerome will be performing live, and we will have that info soon it becomes uh, readily available. Visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dramaticprog. Like us several hundred times. If you can, can you even do that? I don't even know. I don't think think you can do that. I I don't like it once. (laughs) Right. Any hooch. Or That's about pe- it. Or else people would vote more than once if they. Yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, man. It's hard enough getting them to vote once. <laughs> can you can, can, can you imagine? Only forty percent of the people eligible to vote voted in the last election. Now, no matter who your candidate was, well, I'm not going there. No, whatever. What I'm saying is, is it's disgraceful. It is because people die in other countries now to fight for the right to vote. And here we have it here, and people and don't, don't exercise it. it. Yeah. That's apathetic. So they don't have a right to complain. We deserve who we end up with. If you don't vote, you deserve everything you get. Mm. <laughs> man, we cover well, all the issues not, on Dramatic Frog, right. man. We, like, we cover all of them. All of them. From C-notes to... <laughs> That's right. Political affairs. That's right. Until the FCC says stop, yeah. right? Oh, the heck with that. The heck with those guys. FCC. We're not even. So we're not censored at all. We say what we want, when we want, that's how right. we want, with whom we want, and that's it. Hmm. I guess that's it. That's it. <laughs> okay. Yo, we'll see you guys next time on Dramatic Prog. Signing out. You've been listening to the Dramatic Progcast. Visit us online at DramaticProg.com to join our mailing list for upcoming dates, news, releases, and other great stuff. And like us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Dramatic Prog. Dramatic Prog. Music that's outside of the basic three-minute sell-it-to-your-12-year-old-girl pop single.